0: How do we know she is alive?
1: I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire
0: hangers ever! You're tearing me apart,
2: Lisa! (laughs) Your stupid minds, stupid, stupid!
3: Relax, it's all in bad taste.
1: Coffee bags. Coffee bags. Can we not just do 10 episodes on this? (laughs) On on what, Ryan? On Atla. I don't like when you say that. It sounds
3: like it's like some kind of cult.
0: It
1: is.
3: Avatar, the last
1: airbender. No, (laughs) I was going to say
3: something. What was I going to say? Wait, hold on. One who has eaten its fruits and tasted its mysteries. No.
0: Uh,
3: Shit, what have I done? Oh, shit. (laughs) Who knocks at the garden gate? One One who who has has eaten its fruits and tasted
0: its mysteries. Hannah's allowed (laughs) in. Just
3: me
2: and Hannah this episode. (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that.
3: (laughs) Hey, right, welcome to Aftertaste, the show where we continue to talk about our best, worst films or the properties that inspired it. In this case, we are going to be covering the world of Avatar, The Legend of Aang or The Last Airbender. It's actually got two titles, hasn't it? What's ours? Because Legend of Ang and Last Airbender are both, it's like subtitles. The Last Airbender is going to No, Legend of Aang is also one of the subtitles. I think it's in, like either America or it's like in a certain type part of Europe. It's called like Avatar, The Legend of Aang
2: and that sums up everything Liam knows about Avatar pretty much yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm a massive the thing is I am a massive fan and I've seen the show through once and I've seen I've seen Korra once as well and I absolutely seen Korra it. twice I tr- no, I've only seen Korra twice because I didn't get through Korra the first time. Right? Ah,
1: yes. No. Um,
3: which is, yeah, I think I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But I do love the original. I love the, uh, the first three seasons of the first show because it is, it's just spectacular TV. But I've also, I'm not the, the same kind of rabid fan base that these three are. We are rabid. Yeah. We
1: spent hours agonizing over what to put in, what's the best. <laughs> I would do it just. They've been
2: nervous about, like, oh, how am I, I going to do the show justice? I think me and Hannah watch it probably once a year. Typically, yeah. I think we're, we always end up having Annual, an Avatar rewatch. Yeah. Let's just talk about our favorite episodes, maybe. One of my favorite episodes,
3: weirdly, and I know I don't know if this is kind of cheating, but one of my favorite episodes is actually in Korra. Um, it's the it's like beginnings or something, the I think. First it's the first Avatar. The, the episode with the first yeah. Avatar. That show kind of bored me most of the time. And I think it was in season two where they do the the origin stories of the first Avatar. Avatar War. Mm-hmm. And it was such a refreshing episode because after all the slog... My issue with Korra, my big issue with Korra, we'll go into this a little bit, is, is I don't just don't really like any of the main characters. I think especially Team Avatar, kind of bore the shit out of me. I love them. So having an episode away from them. And- I think
0: with, with Cora, there's a, there's a tonal shift and it's it's all a little bit sort of more... Just more interesting. I can
1: deal with the tonal shift because you've got Ang who comes along who's very spiritual and in touch with that side of him and his journey is to find the elements while still keeping his own... Like morality and sense of justice, etc. Whereas Cora very quickly as a child, learns the elements, then has to overcome those spiritual and emotional barriers. She's getting beaten down. She's yeah. having to get back up. She has PTSD. She's crippled for a while. She loses a connection to the other avatars. Because it
0: still does battle some quite big issues. Like, you it's like, dark, like, you, man. Yeah, boring.
2: it is. Very dark. Nah. I think uh, I, I did enjoy Cora, and I think it had some really good action scenes. I think the animation and things was a bit mm-hmm. more advanced then, so I think some of the fight scenes were better choreographed and things. But yeah, I think I did love some, a lot of the choreography. I yeah. think the main problem the show has, which you can tell is it was always unsure whether it was going to get renewed, I mean, I don't know whether Anne got booked for the three seasons straight mm. off the bat. Cora always felt like it was had to wrap up every season as if yeah. it was going to be the end of the show. It's just yeah. bad for the season. Yeah, we'll like, figure those problems out. Exactly. So, we get season. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you had Umalak, you had the Red Lotus, you had... Kavira, some and fantastic
1: bodies though.
2: Yeah, some good bodies. Some but good
1: bodies. I do want to lump him with Liam though. I don't love Team Avatar.
3: Team Avatar was the problem. Like, it's everyone around Team Avatar is really interesting. Julie! with all Lin Beifong. Lin Thong. Be all of the side characters I found much more interesting than any of the main four. Yeah, most of the main four. Yeah, especially J.K. Yeah. Yeah. was Jinora. it Mako. Mako's the most irritating character I may have ever seen in any animated show. Mako, of all time. I
0: almost feel wanted to be Zuko, but without the horror, like the yeah. the backstory. the, well, back like the is
1: his start is like a beloved fire been there and then ended up just being hated
2: <laughs> I think it's important to notice as well that Marco is named after the original voice actor for Iroh because he passed oh. away uh, the first voice actor for Iroh passed away in the first season yeah. and they uh, touch on that in the Tales from Bossing Se episode in book two where it says in memory of Marco, yeah. after uh, Iroh sings the, the tear-jerking leaves from the line. <laughs> Do you want to sing it? No. <laughs> but I can hear whole, it in my head. But they no. have a
1: whole production for a while uh, while they scramble to get the next voice actor for him.
3: Yeah, but long story short, Beginnings is the best episode of Korra because it's the
1: only one that doesn't have Korra and the rest of the fucking <laughs> Team but Avatar. It's and... standalone. It's fantastic. It's, it's also in yeah. this beautiful, like,
3: watercolor style. Like, they changed the animation style of a lot for that episode. And yeah, I remember yeah. it being, like, this gorgeous watercolor, very kind of smooth animation.
1: The story was good as well. The, like, like, the, the origins with Vatu and...
3: Oh, the other one. Animals. The other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they go. They dip into a lot of the lore. I think with that one, like that's where they really get a chance to explore kind of where yeah. they, this kind of power came from and kind of what this power means to the world around. All it. turtle lions.
0: You could oh, have had an entire season or series just on the first Avatar, really. Mm, yeah, Like I've you know, that. visiting the different lion turtles and getting the different like because it's got a really fascinating background to it. Yeah. And you're right; that episode is brilliant. Oh, and it goes into... I'd
1: watch any Avatar, <laughs> <laughs> no matter that.
0: That thing that but, we watched oh, no, last no, week.
1: That's, that didn't exist. Yeah. That's <laughs> the last we'll talk about Korra, because it's
3: boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my other ones, I'm not actually going to go into these ones, because I'm pretty sure... We will. Up on <laughs> your lists. Uh, Tales from Barsing, say, yep. uh, Sauron's Comet, which was the end of season three, the, the last episode, pretty much, which is just such a, a wonderful Climax. Um, mm-hmm. such a culmination of everything that came before it and it's one of those finales that d- not only doesn't let you down it, it exceeds all your expectations I think um, Ember Island Players is a massive one as well. <laughs> a One that I kind of didn't see on many best of lists is the end of season 2. I actually really appreciate the crossroads of destiny the episode's called
1: That's on my list I'll get in, I'll go in detail um, And anyway. I remember
3: a lot of what I liked about it it kind of felt like that Empire Strikes Back moment where the all of Team Avatar kind of lose their big fights. It just feels like you start the beginning of season 3 on this Really down, note. it just feel like the last Jedi almost. Like, I'm bringing making all the Star Wars references now, Jack. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, but they were my top five. Like, and I think the other three, I think you're going to delve into a little bit deeper when you guys go through yours.
2: So, I think my three would probably be the finale of season one, uh, which I think is just double down. Uh, having just watched the shit oh. M.I. Shyamalan film, yeah, seeing how that should have been done. I think mean, there's so many beautiful elements in that film. I love the monochromatic way it goes when the, the moon gets blocked out and the only light you see is the fire bending yeah. Yeah. and and, and Aang's water bending and everything else is in like grayscale, showing like, you know, the contrast, and that's like so well done. The whole the whole Yin and Yang thing as well works in that. Mm. It feels like it's given enough time and enough exposition to feel Weighty, whereas mm-hmm. it just had nothing in the film. Again, we talked about this slightly where Zuko like, tries to save tries to save Zhao and just shows those moments of character redemption. You know, Suki becoming the moon. Uh, Suki. Not Suki, UA, sorry. Yeah. Wrong wrong <laughs> girlfriend.
1: <laughs> although Yue said in a certain way means moon, and Suki also translates to moon. God, he's got, a thing, got a thing for movies, hasn't for he? Moons. God, oh, Sokka oh, wants you only to fuck mean girls that are
2: out of this world. Soccer wants to fuck the moon. But there's just, like, there's so many, like, really nice moments in that. And then there is just the best Avatar State sequence in the entire... Show in I my opinion, sure. yeah, easy. just yeah. where he just fucking hulks the fish entire <laughs> <wreck-hulks> <laughs> the entire Fire Nation army on his own. I think it's the best Avatar sequence in the entire. It turns into
3: a giant kaiju, doesn't he? Is this massive like Godzilla monster? It? It's like it's <laughs> something that like the movie didn't have balls, They're not enough balls to follow through on. Yeah, you also
2: have that really fun scene
1: where Iroh comes in, and is like, "You dare touch that fish, and I will fuck your deal." <laughs> Zhao hits the fish, words. and Iroh jumps in and just takes down four guards like it's nothing. It's a
0: second, just, it's just, just mad <laughs>
1: and beautiful, and he does. It epically, and in the show, in the movie, even they try and play it off as he's got like all oh, his powers, he can fire bends out of his hands and nobody else can. And oh, it's just so beautifully done, and there's so much weight to you with sacrifice. Soccer's given up something as well because he has to let her go and accept that she's going to leave. Mm-hmm. And they have all these tender moments and badassery, and Avatar Fishboy comes along and slices up the ships and scares everyone. <laughs>
0: You have that epic battle between Zuko and Katara as well in that episode. Which in the
3: movie again was like them splashing each other for a few (laughs) seconds.
0: (laughs) But the the beauty about that was you really saw them sort of work with their actual elements. Like Katara was 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 thrashing Zuko during the moon. And then obviously the the sun comes up and he goes, as you know, your power comes from the moon and I draw mine from the sun and then just obliterates her back. And it's that sort of, they've constantly got the balance and how the nature of things work in the back of their mind whenever they're writing and producing these. It's real world building. It would
3: make sense. It wouldn't be one of those situations where it's fantasy, but it's fantasy that has its own rules and all of the rules are always stuck to and all the rules always kind of build on what's actually going on in the story.
2: Yeah, they talk about like Badger Moles were the first earthbenders, whereas uh, yeah. Sky Bison were the first. <gasps> on, bad- on Badger
1: Moles, Jack. While
2: so, we're here. Like, really <laughs> right, so
1: Toph has her own style of earthbending, which is Southern Praying Mantis style, right? She learned from the Badger Moles, hence Badger Moles, no Praying Mantis style kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> brilliant. <laughs>
0: But are no, you right, Jack? The earth bending comes from the badger moles. The fire bending comes from the dragons. The air bending comes from the sky bison, and the water bending comes from the moon. <laughs> the moon. The moon yeah. One of
2: these things is not like the others. Can you guess which. <laughs> well, to be fair. It's a funny one because, like, again, like the they rely on fire for that, but then earth and air are just absolutely fine. Don't bother. Like, yeah. as long as they've got yeah. air to breathe and earth to shift, they're it's like the most fine. reliable of ones. Where the water and the fire is relying on astral beings, isn't it? Or Cosmic, <laughs> cosmic entities, you know. Another one I think is, as you mentioned, "Tales from bossing say, yes, which is, is a bit like just reminds me of what was it a day in the life of Springfield one, yeah, which in itself is. A kind of a Tarantino esque playoff of like these scatter kind of shot little mini stories, yeah. isn't it? It's a filler
1: episode, and yet it, it makes it's these fantastic. top lists.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah
2: I cried at that episode the first time I saw it with oh, Iroh, you yeah. know, just going around helping everyone else, and then just shedding a tear for his son who died trying to oh, take Sing like. say, you mm-hmm. know. Well, it's it's brutal. I, mean, it's, every time. I feel like it's a
3: skill as well when when a director or when an when an animator can do an anthology and make it kind of seamlessly blend together and have that emotional impact. Like you're doing you're telling the story of Five or six, seven characters in a mm-hmm. in the same amount of time that you have to tell a normal story, and yet you're all making them all yeah. successful. If you,
0: break, if you break that episode down, right, you have Toph and Katara who go have a spa session, yep. makeover, yep. nice
2: and light and breezy.
0: You've got Sokka who goes to a poetry sesh. Yep. and slams that
2: poetry. Slams <laughs> it. Momo it's who makes a poetry friends. slam. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's was it haikus? haikus. A haiku. yes. yeah. Momo makes friends with some alley cats. Ang makes a zoo. Yep, and yep. Iro. Just like a candle. emotional. Yeah, a candle yeah. for his son. And oh, that's Zuclos.
1: it. Who calls? days. It's like, I I roll of his hair in this horrific hairstyle, and for a while I was thinking I roll made a mistake. Yeah. What was he doing? But no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> no. Any self-respecting date would immediately muss that hair up or make a joke about it, giving Zuko that human attention or affection or an icebreaker. And he knew what he was doing. I
0: know what he, he, he just knows all. He Look It's like
3: what the show does so successfully, and what the movie failed to do was it does it, it cares deeply about its characters and it wants to explore every. every Every facet of that There's a life. full
2: episode where it's just what happened to Appa while he yeah. was gone because Appa was gone for a couple of episodes. There's a full episode where it's this, you know, Sky Bison, they can't speak or anything like that. And it's one of the most emotional yeah, episodes. Yeah, so much. Yeah, because <laughs> so we, we give a shit. Because They've there's, earned it.
1: There's a Facebook group that I'm part of that did the most hated character segment. <laughs> the winner was the circus
0: trainer that <laughs> had Appa.
2: Not oh. the Fire Lord, it was <laughs> the circus trainer. The <laughs> true villain <laughs> of Avatar. <laughs> Uh, but but could yeah.
0: you imagine of watching that show while that was coming out, like, week by week? That would have been a good couple oh, of months George where you yeah. didn't know if Apple was coming back. That's true. That would have brought this the stress. considering <laughs> it's a
3: kids' show. Like, I wonder how many children were traumatised But that's the
0: beauty about the Avatar. Yeah. Like, it... Because
3: it trusts its audience to have that level of emotional maturity, uh-huh. I
2: think. Whereas, like, a lot of kids' shows talk down to kids. I love how deeply we're talking about a show that is made for eight-year-olds. But, yeah, is it is works it? on so many layers. So many it the fact people... that we're still 27 and wanting to watch this show, and actually... You care about it, and there's, it raises some interesting ethical questions. Yeah. And but again, you, like
3: think of the properties from your childhood that you remember most fondly. I always think of like the book series I read, like series of unfortunate events, mm-hmm. or um, the Northern Lights, uh, the His Dark Materials, Harry Potter. To, it wasn't my thing, but I know a lot of people gravitated towards that. These are properties that didn't treat kids like they were immature, unable to handle those dark, those mature, those serious topics. And Avatar is exactly one of those shows that it respects its audience and, and it respects more, the how, more you go yeah.
1: back as well as a child and the more you re-watch these the more lessons you can take away and actually mm-hmm. implement anything Iroh says you should be doing
3: <laughs> I honestly well, think if you're a parent and you have kids and you haven't shown them this yet and if they're of that age this is the
2: perfect
0: yeah. time
3: to do
2: it show them jumping back on the Iroh point hmm delicious tea or deadly poison <laughs> <laughs> this will either cure me or make me go blind
3: <laughs> it worked <laughs> um Jackie got some more
2: uh, Zuko alone, definitely another highlight reel. Remind
3: me of this one, so I'm is having one a bit of my favorites as well.
2: So in the episode previously, Zuko's like, We shouldn't travel together anymore to Iroh, which is just like heartbreaking oh, yeah, as a viewer to watch. That. And then Iroh just says, Well just take the like a big ostrich mm-hmm. thing that they use, like horses, and he was like, Well just take the horse. And and it's just Zuko who, like, ends up in this Earth Nation town and ends up fighting off this group of... Well, they were, they were the military, weren't they? But they were just bullying the oh, civilians were, yeah, and bossing yeah, them around. Military. Yeah, yeah. Right, and they were just right. bullying civilians, bossing them around, and he was kind of sticking up for the little guy. And then they find out he's a Fire, uh, fire Nation and mm-hmm. then is just immediately vilified by the entire town. Just a, a really nice character development yeah, one for Zuko. Yeah, it's
1: really emotional for Zuko. Because at this point, we're still thinking, like, oh, he's the major villain, mm-hmm. like, he's such a dick, <laughs> all doing is chasing the Avatar... Uh, and it's really touching and fortunately for us they were going to have Iroh be that strict with him all the way through that was the intention for Iroh's okay. character okay. but instead oh. they made him like the warm tender so happy that that choice it's a great psychological episode that digs deep into Zuko trying to have different motivations. He's going to steal some food from someone till he realises that he's getting food for his pregnant wife and he feels bad about it. He learns a lot, but then is still betrayed at the end and is like, "Your are Fire Nation, you're automatically bad. But you'll yeah. also get to see his backstory where his mother is banished from the Fire Nation. It's
3: almost like what made him... The, the way he is isn't it like a lot of shows wouldn't delve that deep into its antagonist's background but again it just it's a show that wants to treat all of its characters with respect it's and good. it wants to fully explore them
0: arguably has one of the best the car- character, character arcs arc. yes. arguably, arguably. yeah it's just it <laughs> the is. best character arc out there like you're it's...
3: right it's someone who is so unroot forable at the beginning and yet by the end of like well not even by the end of book three by like halfway through book three was my favorite character and when mm-hmm. he pops up in Korra, like that was probably the highlight of Korra for me as well,
2: when the old characters pop up.
0: Whoa, who's your favorite character? Don't get me wrong, if it's Zuko, it's a very good choice. Zuko but... would be top three, I
2: think. And Iroh, Iroh is the best character. Uh, Iroh
0: is the best Iroh's character. Iroh's fantastic,
3: but Iroh's consistent. You're right, Like iro has got that consistent level of, 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 he's always wonderful, but I always, <laughs> I, get, I get like an extra level of warmth when it's a character who's come from kind of- It like, feels yeah, well-earned, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So. whereas Iroh's always been great. Yeah. Yeah. But Iroh is just the MVP, isn't he? He's wonderful. I mean, In and out. that scene where he just, like, hundred, you know, bossing, say, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, return to my, the scene of my greatest shame and and then just fucking destroys the outer wall in a single ah. hit. <laughs> it's just like, it down. Oh, honestly, like, you're you probably like, fucking, go on, son. <laughs> you the
1: Liberator of passing scene. What
3: was the scene we watched? Because I can't remember the episode that when he uh, put the tea in his mouth and started fire breathing everywhere. That was, just, again, it's just... He's oh. oh, he moments. does a
1: demonstration of why they call them the Dragon of the West. Cause Azula, Azula's captured him. He's surrounded by daily agents. He just takes a sip his tea it's more fire.
3: of a demonstration <laughs> really <laughs> I, I, I aspire to get that level of badass Aww. like everything He's, he
1: does is badass he escapes out the building by using lightning to shoot through a wall <laughs> yeah man that's how you do it have you got any more on your list or is that?
2: Well, I think season 2 is just great for characterization in general though because there's lots of little stories there because there's not loads of huge plot points in season 2 but there's mm-hmm. lots of more like nice nuanced little character arcs yeah, instead yeah, yeah. season 1 is a big arc with a big battle at the end Season two takes a lot, you know, there's, it's a it's a full season. And mm-hmm. all the re, You know, the, the major plot point is the Fire Nation take passing Se and Anand An gets injured. Because the Earth Nation's a big place as well and they really take the time exploring through it. And as Hannah said in the previous episode, like, the world building is impeccable in some ways. You know, the Water Tribe, all of their places look like, yeah, if we can manipulate water, this is how our civilization would look mm-hmm. with the ice walls and things. Passing Se is this monstrous, sprawling city with these... Ridiculous earthen walls, which would only be—it's like they built it around knowing that this would be a huge, huge integral mm-hmm. part well, of their community. Well,
0: they've got no gates in Say, did they? There's it's just no it's, it's just walls. There's also no they war can... in Barsting Say, Hannah. Oh, <laughs>
2: yeah. there are no walls in Barsting. There are
1: no walls in <laughs>
2: <laughs> And the air temple, like I love the—is I think it's you find it in season three with the like the upside it's down beautiful. air temple mm-hmm. that they spend quite a bit of time in as a base camp. And it's, like, underneath, like, a yeah. clifftop thing. And it's beautifully sculpted. And it's, again, like, only earthbenders could live there. And, that, like, that, you know, the thought process and how... Yeah, the level how of much, creativity. Yeah, the detail and the thought mm-hmm. process, and the, you know, that went into it is just spot on.
0: But yeah. I also love how when, when they sort of, when they explore the bending, not just the world, it's never too, it's never too much. No. It never goes too OP. You never think, oh, is that really... Like, Toph with the earthbending, she finds the minerals within... The, the metal and that's all suddenly how she can yeah. she can metal bend did I say yes? No no
3: no I'm laughing oh. because I'm thinking of uh, Southland Tales You don't have to read two prequel books to get Avatar <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> No, keep, sorry, keep
0: going. And then you've got sort of Katara with with the blood bending. You've got...
2: Ira with the lightning bending. Iroh with the lightning <laughs> oh, bending. Where it explains and it, but it doesn't feel yeah, contrived.
0: It's, it's an extension and it's something that they can learn to do and flex their muscles, but it's not something that comes out of the blue so that they can feed a big baddie. Like yeah. it's it's not something that's thrown in there and you're like, well, where did that come from? It's sort of organically yes. brought in yeah. and they sort of build look, on their we're own. We're
1: all of the same opinion that Iroh is a secret master of all the elements. Oh, yes, all of them.
0: <laughs>
2: well, we talked about this before. You talked about this, didn't you? Like the breathing techniques to stay warm is an airbender technique. Yeah. The redirect lightning is a water, water bending, bending technique. technique. Uh, I don't know. You, did you say? There's, is... no,
1: there's no like specific techniques that he does where he like, splits lightning into energy, things like that. But he takes earth bending stances to block the fire as it comes and completely eradicates it before it even begins.
0: So he's an he absolute is the, the master. non-avatar avatar. <laughs> he's been
1: teaching this to Zuko on the side, though, secretly all along. Like Zuko's got all these skills that no other firebender has and can survive situations no one else can. Like when he's imprisoned in a freezer that's covered in ice, he manages to stay warm and you have this scene at the end where he breathes through his nostrils and it's like, yeah, he's absolutely fine because he can do this airbending technique.
2: But then again, this, that's the thing. Those themes are prevalent throughout it never loses sight of the yeah. end goal and it never loses sight of what it's all about it's all about the balance and the harmony between those elements isn't yeah, it Yeah, because that's season that's one where he learns it and
1: then season three where he gets that payoff again. yeah and that's yeah. why it's so
2: beautiful because of the cohesion so you know never as a viewer i think it never you know. loses sight of the end goal it's yeah. not like even when you have those little weird filler episodes with the distractions and things you, you know what the end yeah. game is you know it's all about beating the fire lord restoring balance yeah. It draws a beautiful line with, with episodic TV mm-hmm. where each episode feels like its own little mini story wrapped up, but it still builds towards a cohesive, like climax, strong, yeah. like overarching narrative across not just one season, but three but seasons. seasons.
1: You've got this great moment with the there, where she's in the Earth Kingdom and... She overhears them saying, oh, we're going to attack the Fire Nation while there's an eclipse. She overhears that, but nothing's done about it. For Mm -hmm. episodes, you forget that she knows that information. (laughs) So when the battle actually comes during the eclipse get fucked over because she knew the entire time but as a viewer you've totally forgotten that it
3: goes back to what I was saying the differences between this and the movie is this respects its audience this respects its audience to be able to retain that information whereas if this was the movie you'd have Katara telling you and then and then then Aang defeated the Fire Nation (laughs) like at the last scene it'd be like and then Aang hit the fucking Fire Lord Ozai and it's like no no we don't need that but right it just it respects its audience it understands its audience is intelligent enough to get the complex themes and the running narratives and the callbacks—it doesn't ever treat its audience like it's an idiot.
2: No, yeah. but it still maintains that kind of childhood innocence yeah. bang. Mm-hmm. yeah. While dealing with very heavy themes like war and death and Absolutely. betrayal, yeah. And he's a, a pure spirit and
1: like a child, very innocent, who has to deal with all these complex issues, and they do it fantastically. I mean, most of my favorite episodes are based on character development, yeah, and yeah. backstory, and just mm-hmm. having a, a bottle episode where people are just. Kicking around doing things at the beach, you have got Zuko, Azula, May and Tidy, who are, well, May is Zuko's boyfriend, and they're both...
3: Wait, May is Zuko's boyfriend?
1: Girlfriend, and they're both <laughs> Azula's best friends, and they're at the beach together on Ember Island taking a vacation, and you get to see Azula try and act... Normal to people. <laughs> it's
0: not netball fight on the beach. Yeah,
1: she's completely socially awkward because she's a princess. She knows she is better than everyone else. But she thinks it'll be fun to try and play along because these people don't recognize her. And it's just so off putting trying to watch her act human on a normal level. <laughs> she goes crazy at netball and starts shouting about well, how we've defeated the enemy and we will <laughs> suck on their blood for a hundred years.
3: But even her, there's empathy there with her, who's probably the least likeable, quote unquote, likeable character. And yet you still have that level of sympathy with her at the end of that episode. It shows with it all as of a, them
0: as a human. I mean, obviously on the beach at the end they all discuss sort of like what makes them them and they go into Their the backstories. But you've even got it in the party where Azula's jealous of Tylee yeah. and she says, I'm jealous and is uh, shocked Getting all the because... Getting attention from boys. Yeah. yeah Tylee's
1: like, oh my God, why you are so beautiful and smart and gorgeous and powerful and you can do anything you want? And Azula's so like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes was, it would be nice. We're going to talk rampage. about that episode
2: without skipping over Chan and Ron John. John John. <laughs> the integral, the, the the real MVPs of the entire season. Oh, they
1: provide the house to party in, and it's a very relatable episode to those bad guys and the sidekicks of the bad guys, just the minions. Yet they're getting so much depth at the end, where they're all sat around the campfire and one's like, "I was one of a hundred children. 100 <laughs> and I was tre- <laughs> t- I was just treated as a number." Rather she than was girl one that of seven, way. which is what
0: Jack is. What well, Jack is? Wow. Maybe so has same issues. He was
2: what do, you, what do you mean? Because I was a firstborn yeah. and therefore <laughs> the best. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> might,
3: correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of these episodes, a lot of these character-based episodes come right before season finales as well. Is it that one that's right before the season no, it was, finale? No, there,
2: there was a fair bit of chime in between. Ember yeah, Island yeah. Play- Sorry, Ember one, Island Players was the one that was right before the finale, pen- like was the right ultimate the episode. End. But I do,
3: what I like, what I'm remembering a lot about it is you get those moments of reprieve. You get those moments in between all the tension and all the fear and all the worry. That it allows its characters to have a little bit of a breather and then it, lo- it allows the audience to have a bit of a breather too. It's like, yeah, we are this we are trying to tell the serious story we are trying to tell the story that's multi-layered and multi-textual but
2: we're also here to have fun
0: it brings it joy to that, the yeah. darkest of sort of times yeah. so yeah. the day joyful. before
2: the invasion episode where avatars hallucinating <laughs> Hopper <laughs> and Momo fighting as samurais yeah. you know it's, With it's the brilliant
0: sheep, I think that's one of my all-time favourite quotes of the thing is Which just one? where Momo turns around and goes you my friend are a few plums short of a <laughs> <laughs> It's five
1: no fire lord those eyes <laughs> you have forgotten your pants <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want to picture more Camel in the booth doing that.
1: <laughs> no! No, I no. pom- <laughs> I mean, another one is The Storm and The Blue Spirit, which is the episode right after it. The first one shows you Sukho's backstory and Ang's backstory, and Ang running away from his avatar responsibilities and getting lost in the iceberg. And that shows you that your protagonist here, who is so light and breezy and carefree, isn't infallible. He has issues. Mm-hmm. He caused these problems and now he has to take ownership of them. And Zuko, we see how he gets his scar through speaking back to a general and saying, you shouldn't fuck over your own soldiers. They fought for us. How can you just betray them like that? Showing that he... Does have a good heart and thinks the right things, but he's punished for it. Empathy,
0: exactly. Empathy was was pain, pain in a nutshell. Yeah, empathy made like everyone turn against him. So you can see why he was constantly battling with himself. But that's that's it. You get so much into sort of why they think, how they think, and Mm -hmm. you can empathise with every single one of them because they tell the story so well.
1: Yeah. So that one shows their like uh, personal emotional journeys and then the next episode right after the blue spirit is where zuko rescues ang from the Fire Nation, where he puts the mask on and only uses the sword. Which is
3: so well done in the film, let's be honest.
1: that <laughs> episode That episode's supposed to show their like, actual practical relationship, where the last one was emotional. This one is, in reality, how their relationship work? Zuko needs to catch him, but isn't a, a bad guy, but he also needs to rescue him so he can capture him, reclaim his honour. And it brings up a lot of complex questions on... Do I hate this person? Could Mm -hmm. we have been friends? Like Ang's given him an easy time and being like, "You don't have to be like this." But Zuko feels trapped. His Mm -hmm. dad's the only person who can restore. Well, you can
0: tell he feels trapped because there is an episode in the first season where Ang turns around to Zuko and says, "We could have been friends." It might have been in one of those two episodes actually, where he turns around and says, "We could have been friends." And then on the episode where Zuko joins the gang, he relates that back to him. You can tell that Zuko's—it's something that has been running through his head. You saw good
1: in me once. You can see it in in me again. Um, so good man it's like the only person who's like other than Iroh who's actually been willing to give him a chance
0: yeah so one of my favourite episodes is Soccer's Master
3: Remind me. So again.
0: <laughs> there is there is three plots really to Soccer's master, and they're all brilliant. The first one is <laughs> just Soccer becoming a badass sword fighter, Bad and ass. finally getting sort of like the recognition he deserves because the rest
1: of the benders all get their individual masters, don't they? Yeah, they all get to learn from someone yeah, before, detailed. Sorry, before experience. we go fully
3: into this episode, this is like how you do that character. We, we, me, me, and Ryan are currently rewatching Buffy, and you'll you'll pick up on this, Hannah. Like Sokka is the Xander of the group. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, unlike to... Xander,
3: unlike Xander, who gets nothing to do, they, they, they Josh didn't know what to do with him. He didn't know how to make him cool. Soccer, they actually do give him something Sokka, cool. He, well, he
0: becomes like the glue to connect them because, like when. When he goes off to his master, the other sort of plot line, there's there's three, and the second one is just the rest of the oh, gang wandering so around huge. missing soccer so and touching. not knowing how to like read the maps or look at the timeline. They can't jokes. No one ever
3: thinks that about Xander.
0: <laughs> but the uh, the the winner, to be fair, the other, the third plot line is just Iroh. Getting ripped to shit, (laughs) and it's just amazing. (laughs) I think I
3: remember that. Yeah, he's He's in in prison. He's he's just doing fucking polyps every time the guard's away. (laughs) (laughs) One-handed pull.
1: He's pretending to be weak, and he's trying to come in like he's a crazy old man who's on his last legs.
0: But what's lush about about that, and about sort of the soccer element within that episode, is at the end as well. The master gives him a pie show tile He gives him the White Lotus tile mm. yeah. so they've recognised that soccer is probably one of the most intelligent ones that they've come across that's it's an like, invitation yeah it's an invitation to their society the utmost ranking the order of the White
3: Lotus yeah
0: like it's oh, that's it's... how you do
3: that's how you do a potential filler character a character who yeah is underpowered compared to the rest of them potentially could just be fe- fell by the wayside and, and forgotten that's how you do that right yeah he makes yeah. all the
1: plans he makes uh, blueprints for new technologies he makes the levity and because he's the adult of the group, and he has to make sure that the kids actually stay Which in line. Is cactus juice. It's, <laughs> just, it's the squanchiest, squanchiest question. Quen- <laughs> <laughs> so think something crossover episode.
3: I think when Cora failed, that is that exact thing. Whereas you can look at a lot of the, uh, uh, the the characters in Team Avatar in Cora and think, I this this entire show would not miss Mako. This entire show wouldn't really miss Kasumi. Like, I think it's I,
2: it's kind of the argument some people do have, where it's like you know you've in Avatar you've got you've got uh, Katara who's like the healer you've got Sokka who's the planner and you've got Toph who's just like the badass badass Cora is kind of all of those, fills all yeah, of those roles. Yeah. I think that's often people's criticism of, Well, with the new Star Wars films, where Rey is all of those Mary roles. Too, isn't it? Whereas, you know, Han Solo was the pirate, Leia was the this, Chewbacca was the that, you know, it felt like everyone had a sort of role in the party, yeah. like it did Nang, whereas in that one, it just felt like she kind of she got filled all those roles and didn't really need them other than just for someone to bounce conversation off, you
1: know? Yeah. Most oh, of the absolutely. problems
2: that they helped to fix were caused by
1: having friends and cheating on each other anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It was a lot more teenage drama, I would say, in in Korra. And
1: those were the worst bits. The the bits around that were pretty empty. Mm.
3: Any scene without Team Avatar, I was fine with. Every scene with Team Avatar I hated. Varick was the best. Varick, Varick was great. Yeah.
0: Tenzin was obviously great. Well, JK,
3: well Tenzin, JK, JK the, the immortal is J.K. Simmons too. <laughs> if you're not currently watching Invincible, that's another show you need to go on immediately. Absolutely. It's fantastic. One of the best J.K. Simmons roles I've ever seen. He's brilliant in everything he's in, but specifically he kind of brings the, the role of Tenzin to life for me. And again, anytime he's on screen, you, you're just happy he's there detracting from the boring ass <laughs> bullshit that's going on. He clearly
0: it. tries to keep the peace of like his father Ang all the time, but it's clearly inherited the anger of Katara Well, at that's time. part of the <laughs> problem.
1: He's so attached to being spiritual that he can't detach from the world He's and got actually a... reach well, spirituality. You, at
0: one point, you've got to remember, he would have been the only airbender. And yeah, the 50 years. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Like, he wasn't the Avatar to, like, protect himself. He was literally just an airbender and he had to reproduce, otherwise that entire thing was dead. I've got a question
3: for you three specifically. I think, well, me as well. How much do you think Korra's, not Backlash, because there are some people who really like that show, but how, how much do you think some of the pitfalls in Korra are just from it being in the shadow of Avatar? How much do you think if that show sure came maybe first, it wouldn't have faltered as much?
2: I've got a huge deal of respect for Cora because I've taken it and they've lifted it up and they've gone right 100 years. What's changed? Mm-hmm. Well, metal bending's a thing now. So that would have massively, you know, the yeah, thought about yeah. what are the ramifications yeah. of these things becoming mainstream? Yeah, You know, metal bending can massively create industrialization like mm-hmm. toff basically made the 21st century by <laughs> inventing metal bending didn't she <laughs> yeah. at on, times Toph. I think it's a little bit heavy handed done like mm-hmm. everyone like loads of people can lightning bend and metal bend now mm-hmm. and I don't know whether or not that would be the case because it, it makes it feel a little bit less special Yeah. but at the same time I get why they've done it for world building purposes because yeah. with lightning comes electricity with, you know with lightning and metal comes electricity and that creates Radio, TV, cars, you know. Yeah. Um, is, yeah. And, I, I, you know, I, I think they do a lot of good things and I think they try to build on that legacy well. I think, as you said, they build really well on the lore of the Avatar mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the first Avatar stuff and uh, the two spirit, the two kites. Vatu and the other one. Uh, I think the dark Avatar thing was a Robber. bit... Rather. Fuck. Robber. I think, like, the... The dark Avatar fight was a bit lame where they were just playing rock and sock and robots in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the sea. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can see the criticism and the cynicism of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Red Lotus and Zaheer in particular oh, were excellent. Was, like had that real presence where every time he was on screen, you were, like, uncomfortable yeah. just in his presence because you just knew what a threat he was. And it's that mild-mannered, calm, cool, calm and collected villain as well, which is so much more threatening than someone yeah. who's overly emotional, erratic and things. He was so... <sighs> laser focused on his Chimidian, goal and he was
1: so close to winning as yeah. well my like, oh, core suffered it, even after well, their battle my
2: biggest Enders. complaint of that is is anarchism is a lame is. ideology <laughs> and like to have that as your main thing of well we just want to topple the powers that be and dismantle the establishment and but stuff think, it's think, just so you're just going to create more power vacuums with different rulers to come up that's why things like Kavira happened, yeah, Kavira, well, happened. Exactly. Kavira happened Kavira happened because of a power vacuum and she was a worse ruler than her predecessors yeah. and that created that Like that sort of regime because of the power vacuum. Anarchism doesn't dismantle. (laughs) It doesn't, doesn't, well. You you need a plan after the anarchism. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, you need some structure or else it's just going to end up being rebuilt in a arguably West, worse yeah. way. He
3: was kind of one of those villains that as I was watching it, there were moments where I was like, well, he's making a few good arguments, guys. Like, dude, listen. I mean, I know he's trying to kill everyone, but like, hear the guy out. Last fight with him and Tenzin was At
2: least excellent. the trains will
3: run on time. <laughs> one
1: of the top 10 battles.
2: Yeah, one of the best fights in the series, the Zahia versus Tenzin season- fight. Season yeah. three of
3: Korra is... As I think comparable to a lot of the seasons in Avatar, I think that's one where they really hit the ground running. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that they put Korra in a vulnerable position as well, because she that's where a lot of her PTSD comes from, is the the, the mm-hmm. fight she has with Zahia. Uh, I know a lot of that kind of bleeds into season four as well, but I remember specifically season three being kind of the, the highlight of Korra for me, and a lot of it was due to the antagonist. No, so
1: that's my highlight.
3: Yeah, Korra. agreed.
2: What's everyone's favorite quote? Then, come on, let's let's give us a quote. Oh, I have this.
1: You want me to go? There's too many. You. I'm gonna have to Ryan, Give Ryan five minutes to,
2: to make a decision. I think my favorite probably means nothing to anyone who doesn't know Avatar, but it's, you don't know what I had to do to get seats this close to the bear. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so, so good. It's, it's just, Either it's that the, or just Zuko's. <laughs> that's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. Well, it's
3: yeah. the way it's delivered, isn't it? It's like such a such a well delivered line. It's like that that sardonic humor, that again, very dry humor, but just just fits so well in the world Hannah do you have any favourite quotes
0: I went through my mind with Momo
3: you've just been saying them this entire
0: anything Iroh says ever but I think my favourite one I don't know why it is it, it made me laugh so much I think it's because it's the first time Momo speaks and Momo should never speak <laughs> but it's just that the it what was it a dream sequence
3: with the plums that yeah, was the dream I'm sequence I was hallucinating yeah. yeah
0: and it's like you my friend are just a few plums short of a fruit pie. That's <laughs> the one. it's just
1: brilliant Oh, uh, mine's not funny but it's when Zuko, at the end of season three, I Rose Escape from prison. The Avatar gang has Zuko now and they're all off to see the Order of the White Lotus Society. Zuko goes into Iroh's tent. He doesn't wake him up. He sits down, waits till morning comes. Oh. Iroh wakes up and sees him and immediately hugs him. And Zuko's <laughs> like, I thought you'd be furious with me. He's like, I was never angry. I was just sad that I thought you lost your way. And I cry every time, He's every single time I have a crying. breakdown <laughs> over. It's so touching.
0: The, the other one is anytime time Toph makes a joke that she's blind, like, hey, <laughs> right. like, when she, like when she's on top of Appa and, she's like, and they're looking for that library that's sunken, and she's like, It's over there, and they all run to the side. And she's like, And that's what I would say if I could see you. Like <laughs> like tough grab the <laughs> wheel. Yep, let the bang go.
3: <laughs> Speaking of Appa, let's talk about our own resident Appa.
1: Oh, a little Macy dog. <laughs> yeah, I think instead, so, most, of,
3: most of you who follow us on Instagram have seen Macy because I've definitely posted pictures of Macy before.
1: Instead of half bison, she's half manatee, half
2: dog. Oh, what was the tracker girl? I want her thing. Oh, the lizard thing. That the can, lizard eater like, cool. thing. Like they can find anyone. Yeah, you can track there. anything, and it's like li- it's like tongue would just instantly paralyze things. That was one of the dopest creatures on That'd there. Obviously, yeah, you wouldn't want to go up against <laughs> so
1: it. Again, I love the
3: creativity of the show. It's such a simple concept. Like let's just mash two animals together. <laughs> and yet it works
2: so well. Oh, it's right. they, bit- they
0: play on it. Don't with your favourite quote about the bear. Yeah, it's like
2: the king's bear. What? platypus bear? Badger bear? Mole bear? It's just a bear. <laughs> oh, that's, weird.
3: <laughs>
0: that's weird.
3: What a what a beautifully creative show. Like that that's the I think the biggest takeaway from this is just how much fun clearly everyone making it had making it. Because it's mm-hmm. you you can see the love, you can see the devotion, you can see the, the amount of things they played around with that a lot of... You know what? I, I Good on Nickelodeon for letting them be this oh, creative and letting them yeah. be this expressive with Thanks, the TV yeah. show.
1: <laughs> but so, like, Subversion has pretty much lost all meaning over the last couple of years. We expect Subversion. But back then, we, we didn't see you coming. You have the Crossroads of Destiny that Lee mentioned, mm. where it's the end of season two. They're all fighting under Barsing sea You've got everyone there, Azula, Iroh, the Avatar gang. Um, Zuko has to make a decision whether it betray Iroh and the Avatar go with Azula back to the Fire Nation claim he's killed the Avatar Azula shoots Ang in the back as he reaches the Avatar stage that's Which, the more bullshit. by <laughs> the way
0: right go Azula for being pretty much the only villain ever Eventual for taking the opportunity Avatar. of yeah, the start up of like the the yeah, we expect Aang's
1: like, this is his moment. Avastar, see here we come. <laughs> he's went to the blue-eyed, he's got lights flashing, he's going to kick ass. And Zula, out of nowhere, lightning bolt in the back, takes him down, and we don't see it coming for It's a such second. an Empire
3: Strikes Back moment. It is, it's that moment where, you're right, complete subversion of expectations, and again, a lot for a child audience to deal with. Like,
2: they're, yes. they're, Katara, their protagonist is just lost. The end of a season. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, like, how long was it until they saw what happened? Yeah, like, how many, yeah. Again, how many children were traumatized <laughs> just screaming like, he's dead?
1: Right, even earlier on in the episode, you have Katara and Zuko who are in prison together, and she's willing to use the spirit Water to cure his scar on his eye. They get close and have that moment of... Mm-hmm. Oh, Zuko's going to join the Avatar crew. Like, he's over his honour and stuff. His uncle's finally gotten to see sense, and he's going to do the right thing. And at the very end, when it's crunch time, he makes the wrong decision. He goes with Azula, he betrays Iroh and puts him in prison. He lets the Avatar and Katara go, even though they think the Avatar's dead. And he goes back to his nation, and he finds out that everything he ever wanted... Mm-hmm. Does not make them happy
0: but again, I think that also plays on a massive difference between Avatar and Korra, and it goes back to what Jack was saying. Would they have had the balls to do that at the end of a season two if they weren't already confirmed for a season three that's it
2: I think they they missed those like long-standing moments yeah. because they were constantly just doing it one season at a time. I think you know I think there was quite a lot of developmental issues and they didn't know if it were getting renewed by Nickelodeon. Mm. and I think, If they'd been said, right, you've got three seasons or you've got four seasons, because that's, Cora got four, didn't it? And it says, right, you've got four seasons, guys. You know, I think they could have made a a more well-rounded product. There's some beautiful moments in Cora and like we're slating it. Just for like, last time I checked, this was a while ago. Mm -hmm. Avatar, uh, Legend of Ang, or Last Airbender or whatever you want to call it, on IMDB is like a 9.1. Yes. Korra was like somewhere between like 8.6 or so. It's, still very it's not, rated. yeah, it's still excellent television. Oh, I know well, the only reason we're slating it is because the bar is so damn that's, high. That's
3: it it yeah. lives in the shadow. It, it's kind of almost uh, symbolic because they have that big uh, Ang statue in, uh, in, what's the city called in Korra? I can't remember the name of the city. And um, they oh, have that c- big... Central city. It's like, <laughs> new something, isn't the, it? The theme it almost <laughs> is Korra is living in Ang shadow. Like it's literal like visual symbolism, but then also the show Korra is living in Ang shadow. That's the mm-hmm. real only reason I think I had I had I do have issues with it. I don't think it's a perfect show. It just it does it does detract from it again because you are trying to live up to that expectation.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's a hard expect want to follow. I mean, you have the episode with Katara getting revenge for the person who killed the mother. Zuko goes on this one-on-one trip with her and tricks her into forgiving the man who murdered the mother, and she has it's very Iroh-esque of, of him. Very Iroh-esque <laughs> Iroh makes that quote to him: "Sometimes the only way to help yourself is by helping somebody else." And he ingratiates himself into the crew by going on adventures with each of them,
2: except Toph, except
1: Toph. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's so nice that they have that moment of he's went out, tricked her. Thinking that, oh fuck, they're both gonna go. He's encouraging her to commit murder, but in the end, he had good motivations and he really has done a turnaround as a character.
0: But they can, they can, we say obviously that they did this well because it, it spanned over seasons and such, but they do it well as well, even in the shorter, sort of simpler. Character arc. So, for example, when they go to the is it the Eastern Air Temple, which have been overrun by sort of just the the general people who have the the kite people, yeah. And you've got the the dad who at first you you love, and he's he's clearly doing something good for his son, and then you find out he's making weapons for the air for the Firebenders, and then you realise why he's making it because they were threatening his family, and then he fights back against it. That's done in one episode, yeah. Yeah. and it feels like a roller coaster of a ride. Yet we watch an hour and forty bloody minutes of a film. <laughs> <last> <laughs> (laughs) week
3: and I felt nothing I think I literally forgot I watched that (laughs) (laughs) you just mentioning it reminded me that I watched that exactly (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah again it just do we think last question really because we are we are really piling the minutes on now lads Um, would you say as far as greatest family-oriented, not even family-oriented, greatest animated shows of all time, that I f- would confidently put this in a top three. 100%. Yeah, I wouldn't I'm... even
2: include the animated tag on that, to no, be honest with you. just shows. I think it's one of the greatest shows yeah. of all time. Yeah. Oh,
3: 100%. It is one of those things that if you haven't seen it now, and if you, to be fair, if you haven't seen it now, you've just had like 40 episodes. <laughs> for you. So maybe uh, go back in time and watch it.
1: But there's so much to learn from it. I could watch this and still take away life lessons. I mean, the f- feminism, for example, is portrayed greatly the water nation won't teach women how to use waterbend fight only to heal and it's not a case of oh they get over it and decide oh women are actually fine and equal packing wasn't going to train Cora until he found out oh I used to fancy your grandma I'll train you and <laughs> um, so Katara just has to force that paradigm shift in the culture and then you have Suki, who teaches soccer, literally beats...
2: Yeah, I was about to say, soccer literally yeah. gets the sexism beaten out beaten of Between, out there, between <laughs> so Suki, Tylee, Azula, he gets the sexism beaten out of it. And
1: they have this whole thing where it's like, women are powerful. All these women are interesting, they're deep. They all have a part to play. Soccer tries to play that down at the start, like many males watching it at a young age might actually think, because that's how they're conditioned. <laughs> but as we go along, it's like, no, women can do anything you can do, soccer.
0: But on the flip side of that, it also normalises things like, men feeling emotion mm-hmm. yeah it, 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 it Zuko's like, a
1: big a big example
3: of that
0: you see so many men cry and get in touch with like like what who is it that gets into is it Ang who gets um put into the prison you've got like the four big burly dudes mm-hmm. that are telling him to just go for it just go tell him that you're <laughs> not a lovely you scene. It. that's a great and scene it's a fantastic scene it's so and great. that's what it, it, it breaks down all of those barriers Everyone's and just reminds human. that a person is a it person it almost feels and ahead then of then its time because what
3: 2004
2: when it first yeah, yeah, yeah right. then there's the LGBT bit at the end of Cora as well isn't there where it's implied that Cora and Sami yeah, yeah, kind of run to off together I
3: think there's a bit of controversy surrounding whether or not that's just baiting the LGBT community it's like oh we're not actually going to explore it but they also buy it's
2: not yeah not the bravest way of no. doing it, it's yeah. implied and inferred rather than uh, showing. Do you want to really quickly mention, this came out the same year Catwoman came out. <laughs> but if you want to
3: compare sexism, like there's your juxtaposition of two ends of the spectrum of how you there do sexism right, and how you just make a fucking tin of yourself for an hour and a half. But, but
1: Iron and Zuko, all of my favorite characters are female. Tylee, May, Azula, Tough and yeah. Katara. Yeah.
0: I'm tough. And let's, let's, just, <laughs> let's just go back to to Katara's grandma, right? Who told her that she needed to go to the Northern Water Tribe with him. So she knew what they were walking into because she left oh, because yeah. of it. She so she knew exactly them. what she was. So yeah. she, I, like, and a lot of people, what I've read, wholly believed that she sent Katara there to kick his ass and remind him <laughs> yeah. that women are badass. Badass.
3: Yes. No, nah, it is a wonderful show. I, I if they want any more points, they really want to delve into. We're happy to go a little bit longer. But honestly, we
0: are. I think we could do an entire I series. could, and, on I could Just this. keep going and going. Like oh, I want to shit. talk about Azula's
1: descent into madness and how she doesn't actually deserve a redemption arc because sometimes you need a villain. Fire Lord Ozai. We could talk about that some more. How the Ryan battles fully go wrong. Erect right <laughs> now. There's the spirit world, which we've barely touched on. There's the comics. We need to find out what happens to Zuko's mom. What happens to Azula after the show ends. These going have back answers into the previous avatars? Like, don't. Yoshi, time.
3: Actually, really quickly before we we scrap
2: this and just make this our thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I do want to
3: pick up is the future adaptations that we might be getting. Because when are we getting? We're meant to be getting a live action version, which is front run by the guys who made the animated show. Right. So
0: what I think they should stop front run a word. What they need to stop doing is retelling the same story. Yes. The story has been told. It is epic. Everybody loves it. Move the <laughs> fuck off. You've Amen. got so many other things to go into. Yeah. You've got more all the other avatars. You could go into the future. You could go into the middle between Korra and can Aang. Steal from. Exactly. Why not give us a story about Kyoshi? Yep. Tell me anybody who loves the Avatar series that wouldn't want a full series on, on Kyoshi. Kyoshi. Yeah, she was a badass little like anything
1: young Iroh I would watch. I yep. would watch
3: Roku, Roku anyone. anyone. Just yeah. anyone. Just, just Imagine young Iru really like young Sheldon it's just like got a laugh
0: track and <laughs> but a series on the first avatar like this, the the universe is so big yes. it has so many areas left for you to explore leave if you wanted to alone.
2: he's done his story exactly leave him alone leave me alone leave i leave me me <laughs> alone.
3: fantastic guys no
1: uh, we could we could go on for days like you've fucking monkeyatsu took out contingent of Fire Nation people by airbending air out of the room and asphyxiating everyone. But we don't have time to go into detail <laughs> on it. Should we just leave, should we
3: just like leave and uh, let Ryan... Is that what continue? we're going to do? We're just going to keep going on for another hour and a half. Going like... I know, I was
1: like, how can I trick my way into getting this quote in here? Maybe this
3: is where we start the Patreon and say, if you want to listen to the next hour, please pay it <laughs> five, five pounds. Uh, no, but thank you very much. And thank you very much to you three, because again, I am the layman here. I'm probably the one with the least uh, knowledgeable uh, knowledge about this show. But thank you very much. And thank you jo- for joining us on our point 0.5 on Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, next week, we are going to be watching 13 Ghosts with Tom from over at the Warm Tins Ooh. podcast. Really excited to show these guys that uh, absolutely wonderfully trashy horror film. Go give
1: Tom some love before we get yeah, there so you know what to expect.
3: check out the Warm Tin uh, podcast. They're really wonderful. They explore a lot of the uh, more uh, underrated, kind of unheard of B-movie gems that we we tend to cover the more popular ones. They really. I think I'm going to
1: wiggle my way into their podcast because that sounds pretty really banging.
3: You can also hear me over there. Uh, I think it'll be, it'll already be out by this point Um, when we discussed Event Horizon on their podcast. I think we went for two hours on that one. So if we're complaining about time limits on this one, <laughs> uh, you've got two, two hours of me over on the Warm Tin uh, podcast. But they are wonderful guys. Uh, go give them some love on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And thank uh, you for joining us again.
1: And our- I'm going to leave you with this question.
2: Is this an anime
3: well, who cares? It's great. Write in <laughs> if you think this is an anime.
2: Don't send, be a snob. Just enjoy what you like, send man. Send
3: your letters to P.O. Box. Nah, Shove it up here. <laughs> yeah. uh, see you soon, guys. Thank you for listening. Love you. Bye. Bye.